0: Mindfulness with Audrey, Addition to Tradition with Alex, Tristan's Book Review, Ensemble with Cole, and Clara's Christmas Breakdown with Clara. First up, we have Grace with Touch of the Tism.
1: One. My name is Grace Gasperi and welcome back to another episode of Touch of the Tism. If you did not tune into our first episode, that was sort of an introductory episode where I explained what this is and why I'm doing it, but a quick recap is I have autism, I was diagnosed almost two years ago, and I've been basically exploring what that meant for myself, for other people. And in a class called AP Research, I am writing a research paper and distributing a a survey to analyze later in the year about the effects of autism representation in media. And today I went to the lead cafeteria and interviewed a few people about who are some characters in a TV show or a movie that they believe is autistic and why. Here are a few of those responses.
0: Uh, Sheldon from Big Bang Theory.
1: Why do you think that they are autistic?
0: I think they sh- say it in the show, but also he's not good with like um, expressing his emotions and I've looked up in people, some people with autism are also not good with expressing their emotion emotions.
2: Uh, what's his name in Abbott Elementary? Matthew what's his name? the new teacher Gregory Gregory, yeah the Gregory student teacher at uh, not, anymore. Teacher. not anymore he's an actual teacher sorry uh, but yes that character in Alvin Elementary
1: Why do you think that they are autistic?
2: Pretty much every like scene that he is in it's like his like plot line throughout the show is like every single one of them is like he's supposed to be in a situation where um, he doesn't know what's going on or he doesn't understand like what's happening like in um, one it was like where he actually he didn't like pizza but everyone was like He's in New York. He's like everyone was like, what's your favorite kind of pizza?" And they're like, "Okay, I love Chicago pizza. Or I love deep dish. I love New York. Oh, it's my favorite place." And it's like, and then he was like eating his like um, ham sandwich in the corner, and then they were like, "Oh my gosh, Gregory, what is your favorite kind of pizza?" He's like. Oh, uh he was like I like Brooklyn pizza or something. And then they were like what the hell is that? And then he was like oh it's like wet pizza. It's really good. He's just lying cuz then it cut to like his interview like face to face to the, the camera and he's like I don't like pizza. But every time I say that people just shun me so I just don't say it anymore. And so then it goes to this whole thing where they find Brooklyn pizza and it's really wet and gross and he can't. he's like I just can't do it anymore guys. I'm sorry. I was lying. It's so funny. And like every single one of them is just like, he doesn't know what's going on. So he just like makes up stuff because he doesn't know how to deal with situations. <laughs> it's really funny. But also, like, he's definitely autistic.
3: Wednesday from the uh, from the Adams family um, and the reason why is because she portrays a lot of autistic characteristics like not being able to pick up on social cues, not really showing a lot of empathy um, and just basically being a quote-unquote a loner and, like when we see an autistic person generally they're just considered a loner in mm-hmm. society. And that's kind of just how she's displayed, and so I would b- believe that she's an autistic character within.
1: Olive from Ant Farm, because mainly the way that she like presents her like her tone of voice, and her emotional regulation can get a little bit wacky sometimes.
3: Um, Sam from Atypical, because that's what the whole show is about—him um, having autism and finding love.
1: Um, I would say Entrapta from Shiron the Princess of Power. Um, she was apparently supposed to be coded that way, and also she has issues with social situations, she doesn't understand human communication, but she's a really sweet girl at the end of the day. This was my first time formally asking anyone this question, and I was really surprised by the answers. They were all pretty good representation. And then with these explanations and these characters they're largely talking about social issues which is definitely a diagnostic criteria but it's it's not the whole cake it's just a little bit of the icing because there are plenty of people with autism that have found ways and systems to cope with social interactions, but it doesn't really mean that they are less autistic than anyone else. And with most of these characters, their entire autism coding is actually more romanticized comic relief than anything. Specifically with these social situations and little slip ups or mishaps with social situations is comedic, it's funny, it's endearing, but as soon as these characters have a meltdown or they have what is considered to be an explosive reaction to the tiniest, put that in scare quotes, sensory overload, then they're weird, then they're attention seeking. And it's not like you are really gonna be given that many opportunities to see meltdowns or reactions to certain things that we would consider to be mundane because that's not the romanticized genius that we are constantly being given. And that's the reason that I created this segment. It was a passion for true, genuine representation. And I don't think that's gonna come easy because life, accurate life, it's not entertaining. It's not something you wanna sit down after a long day of work or school and chill out with a little bit of crying for an hour and a half because the texture of the blanket that you got for Christmas grossed you out so much grandma never ever ever buy me a blanket again that was so disgusting anyways happy holidays my name is grace gasperi and you just listened to touch of the tism
0: thank you grace for that enlightening segment Next up, we have important mindfulness techniques with Audrey.
4: Hi, my name is Audrey, and I welcome you to Mindful Moments. Today, we'll be steering away from meditation and instead practicing mindful writing. For this, you will need a blank piece of paper and a writing utensil. I will be saying prompts, oh, and you will be writing the first answers that pop up into your mind in the time given. You will be given 20 seconds to answer with each prompt. If you need a pause, you can. The goal is to write whatever comes to mind and not be So, let's get started. The first prompt is, what are the three things that I do best? Next prompt is what do I procrastinate about? Next prompt is what is the highlight of the day? What is the thought or belief that I live by? Smile. And the final prompt is what piece of advice would I give to my old self? The benefits of doing this regularly include better memory, fewer symptoms of stress, anxiety, and depression, and most things self-awareness. Thanks for joining in. See you next time.
0: wonderful mindfulness techniques i feel more mindful next we have a segment called addition to tradition by alex
5: hello listeners of the Leadcast podcast this is alexander headley here and today i want to talk about my new episode for my segment additions to traditions and this is the ...segment where I talk about traditions and cultures. And for today's little episode, we're going to be talking about the end of the year... ...surrounding Christmas and New Year's and traditions and cultures during that time. So... Without further ado, let's get started. First thing I want to talk about is actually Christmas. And this is where Christians celebrate Christmas Day as the anniversary of the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. And throughout the years, it became more related to uh, Santa. And so one thing that I wanted to do that interested me a lot was the idea of the snowman. I was thinking the snowman was made not like super long ago but like long enough before like you know pretty modern times so according to bob Ickstein, a historian author of the history of the snowman he stated that no one really knows who invented the very first snowman but the first recordings of it were in the medieval times and i was thinking it was a little more modern but no it was actually all the way back in the medieval times is when the uh, snowmen started to appear and yeah during specific times it's different regions it has snow different amounts of snow and you can make snowmans out of them outside and that's also um why snowball fights are a thing because uh, people realize you can make them into snowballs throw them at each other play a little game so that's how that came about and then the last thing I want to talk about mostly for Christmas here in the in the main states is some common, Chris- uh, common Christmas tradition ideas. So one of them would be the elf on the shelf. If you know, you put the little elf on the shelf and then he gets moved around throughout the night. It's very cool. You can host gift wrapping get togethers like something like White Elephant. You can count down to Christmas using an advent calendar. I used to have um, a lot of advent calendars that I liked and they were really cool. Another fun thing you could do is build yourself a gingerbread house or visit uh different displays of Christmas lights because setting up Christmas lights on your house is actually another tradition, small tradition, but it's noteworthy. So, the next thing I'm going to talk about is how KFC became a Christmas tradition in Japan. Now, this story is very interesting. I really like this story a lot, so I'm going to go ahead and read a little bit about it. So, Basically, the manager of Japan's first KFC in the 70s, when they got their first KFC there, was inspired to market KFC as a Christmas meal when he overheard some foreigners reminiscing on how they missed turkey dinner at Christmas. So, (laughs) I find this very awesome, because he took something, he just listened in, and then that's how it started a whole entire tradition, just based on a few like sentences or words that they were talking about. And I really like that, really love that about traditions and cultures, how they can start pretty easily and become huge things, or they can just be a huge thing altogether. Speaking of, Christmas would be known as a pretty big monthly monthly tradition, year-long tradition, or not a year long, but it takes a year for it to get to it. And then some smaller things from Christmas would be like the snowman, elf on the shelf, all that stuff, even the KFC. Next thing I wanted to talk about was Hanukkah. And Hanukkah is a, I believe, Jewish Christmas tradition. Starts on the evening of of Sunday, December 18th. And it ends in the evening of Monday, December 26th. So, it is the eight-day Jewish celebration known as Hanukkah. And it commemorates the (laughs) Ridd... Redication during the 2nd century BC of the 2nd temple in Jerusalem. This is very interesting. One of the uh, main things about it is the the candles, the 8 candles, and they symbolize the number of days that the temple lantern blazed. And the ninth one, the shamash, or the shamash, hopefully I pronounced that right, is a helper candle used to light the others. And I didn't really know a lot about Hanukkah, but... I wanted to get to know it more, so if you want to know more about Hanukkah, really easy to look up, really easy to learn about. I suggest you go look at it if you're interested and I think the final thing I wanted to talk about is what I do for New Year's, and New Year's is at the very end right before right before the new day of the new year. It's very awesome, and the reason we have New Year's is actually dates back to um as part of uh, his reform, Julius Caesar instituted that January 1st as the first day of the new year, partially the honor of the month's namesake, and there's some more history with it, but that's pretty much the main reason during his reform. He just instituted it as the new first day of the year or the first day of the year, the first. And I find that very interesting. And some common traditions that I've seen for New Year's would be you would go visit family, you would always always stay up late, late until the new day, no matter what. Well, not no matter what, but it was pretty common to do that. And the food you would have would be food that you mostly like, food that most people like. And what my family does is we have really small, like, finger food, like, um mini hot dogs, uh, chips, mini tacos, all that like mini stuff. I don't know. I don't really know why, but I really like it. And I wanted to talk more about it and share my thoughts on it here on this episode. So I got the chance to do that. And that's pretty much it. That wraps up the episode talking about Christmas traditions. I hope you all liked it. I really enjoyed making this. I liked researching and I hope I wish you all a Merry Christmas. Until next time, Leadcast Podcast listeners, I'll see you later.
0: Wow, what a wonderful segment by Alex. Next up, we have Tristan with an amazing book review
6: yo what is up everyone it's your boy Tristan and um hi today um i'm just very simply doing a book review of probably one of my most favorite books like of all time um the book is called ready player one i know i know pretty cool um so anyone who's watched the movie you might be thinking that the movie and the book they're the exact same thing fun fact they're really not. Um, so basically the story of Ready Player One in general. Is that this dude named Holiday. He created a VR world basically. For everyone to join and play games and hang out. You know all, all of that stuff. Everyone knows that about the story. Um, and then once he dies there's like these three keys that appear everywhere else as like an easter egg and whoever finds all three of them and finds his easter egg gets to own the VR world which is called Oasis they get to own the Oasis and they get a bunch of money and stuff like that too blah 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 cool stuff you know everyone's dream basically right there um and then our main character uh, Wade we're following him and his, uh, friends throughout the thing, trying to, you know, get it over this evil corporation that wants to get it to, you know, completely ruin the fun for everyone, you know, what a bunch of losers, am I right? No, but anyways, um, the general idea of the story is the same throughout both the movie and the book, however... Um, the book is way better and way different than the movie, because the movie is just a movie adaptation, and the book is the real thing, so, take what you know about the movie, and throw it away, because, really, it's just not the same, um, I'm gonna do my best for no spoilers, but, accidental spoiler alert, I don't think so, though, anyways, I, I doubt so, anyways, So one of the biggest differences that you could notice if you read the book and then watch the movie or, you know, whatever order is that um, the way how they get the keys, the challenges that they do are different for both the book and the movie. And the movie, you know, normally you'd be like, well, the movie needs to be uh, recorded in a short amount of time. It only has so much time to play out, whereas a book can be as many pages as it needs to be. But it's not like one or two of the keys, it's all of the keys. And it's not slightly different or not the exact same, but the same general idea. It is completely different for all of them. And that's pretty cool, as in, you know, you can watch the movie and you're still not going to be able to predict every little thing. But it also makes it not real for people who enjoy the book over the movie, like me. And another difference is, um, it would be, like, the characters and stuff, um, without spoiling into it, let's just say that the movie includes a few extra characters that the book does not keep around nearly as long as the movie does, or if at all. Um, one difference, however, is that the movie does introduce one character sort of sooner, than the books do, so there's that, um, and the, and near nearing the end of the book, there's this, there's a moment where all the characters, you know, they have to go somewhere in the real world, together, well that doesn't happen in the movie, and in the movie there's a scene where two of our main characters, they'll meet up in real life, but, The way how it happens in the movie is not at all how it happens in the book. And in fact, the movie plays it out like a completely different thing, which makes the movie, in that case, original. But in the book's case, it's not the same. The book, Ready Player One, has a sequel so far. Um, Well, the movie doesn't yet, but the movie is said to Be getting one soon. I don't know how that's going to work out though. As in like how close it will be to the second book. Because I haven't read that one yet. But already from the endings. Of both the book and the movie. And like how things outside of the ending are. Like the characters and stuff like that. I don't know if the sequel of the movie can really replicate the sequel of the movie. Even as close as the original movie did to the original book. So... You know, high hopes for that. um, Ready Player One is a really good book for people who you know they like uh, more futuristic, like books, um, or people who like you know adventure things, or people who just really love 80s references crammed in every single page because that is just every single page of this of this book. It, every everything there's just always an 80s reference. It can be the Iron Giant. It can be, um, you know, other stuff, other really cool stuff. It's just lots of 80s references spilled out throughout the book. And the movie does do that too, but like more subtly, you know? Like more in the background, and it's not really only 80s references in the movie. But that's okay. Um, The book is definitely better, in my opinion, but the movie is also good, you know? Um, It's very painful to watch the movie, knowing what's supposed to happen or what really happens, whatever. But it's still fun to watch. Um, I would definitely, however, for anyone who hasn't read or watched Ready Player One, I would recommend reading it first. It's going to, you know, it will take up a lot more of your time in a good way. In a good way, don't worry. It's going to fill up more of your boring time for you. Um, It's going to be better attachment for you and it's just overall a better story throughout that but that doesn't mean that the movie isn't good either it's still a really good movie and you'll like it I promise definitely anyways um, both are really good I would not I, I definitely say read the book first and stuff but that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the movie and of course if if you have seen the movie you should really read the book it's it's really not as close as you think it is um it's very similar same characters same plot and all that stuff but there's enough differences to where it's like you're just reading a retelling of the story except the movie's the retelling and the book's the original because yes and um honestly i'm excited to see where that second movie leads us to and i'm excited to read the second book here soon as i haven't read that one yet but anyways, that's basically all for me for now. Um, I really recommend this book, and uh, once you've finished it, I recommend the movie, and if you have seen the movie already, I still recommend checking out the book. It's really nice. Anyways, I hope all of you guys have a really good day, and um, yeah, stay champions.
0: Thank you for that great book review. Next we have Ensemble with Cole.
3: To ensemble, my name is Cole Marshall. I am a student at Lead Innovation Studios, and today I am here with Miss Seymour, who is an ELA teacher here at Lead Innovation Studios. I'm Miss Seymour.
7: Hi, Cole. Thanks for having me today.
3: Of course. So, first thing I want to ask you is just to sort of start it off. How are you doing today?
7: I'm good. I'm good. It was a gorgeous weekend, and. We got an extra hour of sleep because of mm. daylight savings. So, mm-hmm. pretty pretty good for a Monday.
3: That's great to hear. So, we're going to talk about music.
7: Oh my gosh, I love and, music. And
3: Oh, that's great to hear. First of all, what would you say is your favorite genre of music?
7: Ooh. Mm. I should probably say 80s. Yeah. So, yeah, let's say 80s music. All right. Cuz when 80s music comes on, like I'm always so happy. Yeah. That's my happy place.
3: So, like, why is 80s music your happy place?
7: You know what? Because I think when I was in high school in the mm-hmm. 80s. I think when you're in high school, like, I think that is when music means the most to you. Yeah. Don't you think, do you think, do you feel that way? Like,
3: yeah, like all of a sudden
7: like, you relate to the words and the mm-hmm. songs.
3: It's like, because you're also starting to understand yourself and you are started developing your own character. So you're hearing the character of other people yeah. in a lot more in-depth way.
7: Yeah. Absolutely. And also like as you are in high school and coming of age, so to Mm -hmm. speak, you're tuning into new emotions and more adult experiences Mm -hmm. that I think songs speak to that you may not pick up on when you're Mm -hmm. younger and that you may forget to understand when
3: you're older. It's like whenever you're younger and you hear like your favorite song, you're like, yeah, this is so great. I'm like jamming out. Whenever you reach that like high school age, you're like this is a really depressing song or like this song has a lot deeper meaning. You can see
7: the different levels it works on. mm
3: -hmm. And there's a lot of like conveying in terms of interpretation because some people see a song a different way than other people. Mm -hmm. From what you're saying, I'd say it's safe to say that 80s music does have that diversity, but it also sort of brings you back to that Mm -hmm. time whenever you were younger and you were sort of figuring all that stuff out.
7: Yeah, for sure. For sure. It does evoke memory
3: for sure. So is there a specific song from that time that you'd say invokes that memory the strongest or like really almost has its own special feeling to it?
7: That is such a great question. When I was in eighth grade, Madonna's Borderline came out. (laughs) And I know, I know. And I remember being in love with Kyle Steiner in eighth grade madly, truly madly deeply. And Borderline and Madonna's angst in that song really was mm-hmm. fitting
3: to me. Yep. So
7: I was like, she understands.
3: I <laughs> feel <laughs> like everyone has that one song where it's yeah. like, this person gets me.
7: Yeah. I have been really intrigued in class by how you find songs when we read literature. Mm-hmm. You're like, I relate to this because, and then you mm-hmm. have something there. Tell yep. me about that.
3: For me, music is like a really big part of my life because, like, I write lyrics. I listen to music all the time. I am fully dicked out in star set stuff. It like is star all set the day, time. day here at the, <laughs>
7: Wow, yeah.
3: But music has always been a big part of my life because whenever I, it was like 2020 to 2021 was the hardest time of my life. Is that so. because
7: of the pandemic? What made it?
3: The pandemic wasn't that bad. It was more so two relationships I had, one of which left me with PTSD. Mm. That really crashed my life. Yeah. Which eventually led to a whole lot more happening earlier this year, which thank God that my life has turned 180. But music was always there for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like it was me against the world, but I had music there for me all the time. Like, I could go to my room and listen to music and I'd be fine and i could relate to a lot of it specifically like the one more light album by lincoln park mm. um, that's whenever i got into star set and citizen soldier i got back into Blacklight district i listened to nf a lot yeah and more recently i have a much wider listening range like i think i have over a thousand seven hundred songs on my playlist right now and it's everything from rock to some rap I've got video game soundtracks on there. Like, I've got a whole lot on there because music is that big part of my life, and it has had that impact over a long period of time from, like I said earlier, when I was younger, just listening to Linkin Park and jamming out to it to now going back to it and being like, wow. Uh-huh. Like, this is totally different yeah. than ever I was younger.
7: Yeah, for sure. That, that so, makes a lot of sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. I listened to, back in the 80s, you know, a bit, well, actually 70s would be popular, was the movie Grease. That is an album. I would put the headphones on when I was a little kid. I'm Mm -hmm. talking third grade, and I would sing at the top of my lungs with the headphones on thinking Mm -hmm. you know like I had headphones on so no one could hear me I don't know why I thought that in third grade but I did and now as an adult some of those lyrics are just really not appropriate for a third grader to be like rocking out to so I didn't so I get what you're saying Mm -hmm. like I didn't even know what I was singing along to and now I'm like oh that wasn't very appropriate
3: (laughs) like that's uh, that was one of the things that happened to me when I was younger was I was listening to an artist that I really liked And one of the songs, like, there was only one line. It was, like, kind of iffy. I didn't realize that at the time. I thought it meant something completely different. And I was just jamming out to it because my friend and I, we watched this channel and they made music videos for this other music group. And I was listening to it. I was like, this is a really cool song. Wow. Like, it was hyping me up because that was the song I would listen to whenever I'm like, okay, I want to go do something. I want to get it done. And then my mom was like, this song is not appropriate. I'm like, what? (laughs) It isn't.
7: And that almost <laughs> does that, like, okay, you're such a nice guy. I feel like if your mom said that to you, you'd be like, oh, okay, I'm sorry.
3: I was like, oh 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 no okay because like, <laughs> I was like oh, some no. people though
7: would be like it's not appropriate let's crank this up like did it i know how, what what impact did that have on you like your mom saying that was I that like i gotta tone it down so or i gotta bad. listen oh that's so funny. i was I like that. that fits i
3: was like oh no uh-huh. i'm listening to uh-huh. something i shouldn't be and i didn't even know it huh. right so i was like yeah i'm gonna not listen to that so the song that you mentioned earlier, yes. what, what style of music is that? So like in terms of is it a slow song? Oh, no, it's fast. Oh, it's a fast-paced oh, song. Oh, yeah,
7: it's a borderline. Feels like I'm going to lose my mind. And she had, Ooh. oh, my God, I can't, I shouldn't mm-hmm. sing. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's poppy. She's in the video. This is when MTV was brand new and very mm-hmm. exciting. Um, she's dancing in like her black bustier vest thing mm-hmm. with eight gajillion pearls and black lacy gloves with no fingers and just really, like, struggling, mm-hmm. but, but like, joyful nonetheless.
3: All right, so that's the first verse in chorus. Yeah, yeah. So just off that, what are your thoughts on it?
7: Well, really beautiful. Um, the instrumental is gorgeous I like how it crescendos into the chorus mm-hmm. that's that's profound I'm and
3: some nice music terminology yeah like
7: yeah all maybe the a choir little. teachers out there are
3: <laughs> proud
7: <laughs> <laughs> oh she I'm faking it word. I'm totally <laughs> faking it but also just like the simplicity I think and mm-hmm. honesty of that feeling you know, when you're going through a tough time and you go to sleep mm-hmm. and it's just like you can rest from that. Mm-hmm. And then when you wake up, it's like, oh, there it is again. Yep. So, yeah, that was really well captured for sure.
3: So we're going to continue Okay, the song. I can't wait
7: to see what happens next. Wow.
3: So that is Still Framed by Citizen Soldier.
7: Love that. I'm going to listen to it when I'm not with you. <laughs> You've introduced me to something. I'm sure my... Like, my son probably knows, but that Mm. was really good. That was really good. And, you know, I think, like, something that teenagers go through is when we have, like, that trauma or pain, Mm
3: -hmm. you get
7: stuck. Did you notice, like, on the video, they do, like, a little arrow in a half circle with.
3: I've listened to that song so many times. Like, I've memorized every bit of it. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Well, that just makes me think, and I've, I've talked to students about this before, you know, when you're in a trauma place and you're stuck in it, your mm-hmm. brain synapses keep refiring mm-hmm. in that same pattern. And mm-hmm. so from a physiological standpoint, there are things that we can do like rubbing our hands together, smelling lotion, doing different mm-hmm. things to reset those synapses so they don't mm-hmm. keep firing that way. But that's, like, a really real place, what he sang mm-hmm. about. And having that symbol yeah. that almost shows, like, you know, I keep replaying these memories mm-hmm. in my brain. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what yeah. happens to kids.
3: So were there any lyrics in particular that, like, really stood out to you or really, like, struck a part of it?
7: That's a great question. I think just the repetition of Still Frame was really good. Honestly, I was really struck at the beginning. The yeah, thank so you. So look okay, at great. them. I think... Uh, you get 10 seconds of heaven till what you forgot puts you back at the bottom, ties you up in knots. All
3: right, so that is going to be the end of ensemble for the day. Thank you, Miss Seymour, for being here. It was absolutely fantastic. Oh my gosh, it was an
7: honor to be, to be asked to be talked to. Thank you for taking the time to spend with me. Right. I'm flattered.
0: Wow, what great music with Miss Seymour. Our final segment this episode, we have is Clara's Christmas Breakdown.
8: Merry Christmas, everyone. This is Clara Brackett with a very special segment today. This is Christmas Movie Breakdown, where we will explore different Christmas movies that are great for the holidays. Hop on your sleigh and let's fly into it. Our first movie on the list is It's a Wonderful Life. This movie was made in 1946. It is heartfelt and emotional. Some topics might be difficult for younger audiences to understand. It's about an angel that is sent from heaven to help a desperately frustrated businessman by showing him what life would have been like if he had never existed. This movie is great and makes you appreciate life in many ways. Next we have A Christmas Prince. It was made in 2017 and it's an amazing romance comedy film. This movie is about a journalist who is sent undercover to get gossip on a soon-to-be-king prince. This movie is the first to a series of three and possibly a fourth. Next up we have 8-bit Christmas. Now this movie is a fairly recent comedy. It was made in 2021. 8-Bit takes us back to 1980s in Chicago. A 10-year-old remarks an adventure to get the latest video game for Christmas. It has an 83 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty good. Now, this next one isn't necessarily a movie surrounding Christmas, but it does hint at it. This movie was made in 2008 about two hitmen who failed a job landing in Bruges, which is a city in Belgium. Ray hates where they have ended up, while on the other hand, Ken enjoys himself. They encounter many life-changing experiences such as tourists, locals, and even an uprising romance for Ray. Up next, we have Spirited starring Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. This comedy musical movie is about how each Christmas Eve, the ghost of Christmas present selects one dark soul to be reformed by a visit from three spirits. But this season, he picks the wrong Scrooge. Clint Briggs turns the tables on the ghost and finds himself re-examining his own past. This movie is fairly recent and has great reviews. Our next movie is Claws. This movie is a children's adventure comedy film. After proving himself to be the worst student at the academy, a postman is sent to a frozen town in the north where he discovers a reclusive toy maker named Claus. Our last movie for this segment is Rise of the Guardians. Now this movie has been around since 2012, but it's such a great Christmas movie that it made the list. Generation after generation, immortal guardians like Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy protect the world's children from darkness and despair. However, an evil boogeyman named Pitch Black schemes to overthrow the Guardians by destroying children's belief in them. It falls to a winter sprite named Jack Frost who overthrows Pitch's plans and saves the Guardians from destruction. Well, that is all I have for you today. Take some time and watch any of these Christmas movies that sounded interesting to you. Ho ho ho, this is Clara signing off. Merry Christmas.
0: been a lovely episode of the leak cast i hope you have learned and enjoyed it i'm your host matthew broom and i hope you have a great day